Welcome to the NPFCC Messages Podcast. We're sincerely glad you're listening today and thankful you're making the absorption of God's Word a priority in your life. In this message series, E3, we're taking a close look at our church's mission and our three primary values, encounter God, experience community, and extend compassion. We pray that as all of us collectively move forward in one direction, the kingdom of God becomes better actualized in our community. Uh, Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter uh, 20. And we're going to dive in there um, a little bit in just a few minutes and, uh, and kind of look at a, a day in the life of Jesus. And there's lots of things happening um, around here. Uh, on your seat this morning, you got lots of stuff. Um, there's notes that you might want to take if you're a note-taking type of person. Um, and then there's a thing on serve day that we'll get to in just a few minutes that looks something like that. Make sure that you've got those handy because we're going to kind of dive into some of that uh, together as well. Um, so I, I heard a story about a guy, there was a guy who worked at this factory, um, and it was back during the Depression, and uh, uh, every day he, he would leave work, and he would go through the, the guard gate, you know, the, the security gate um, at the factory, and he'd be pushing a wheelbarrow, and in the wheelbarrow he had a little box, and in, in this little box, he'd get up to, to the gate, and the security guard would look and say, well, what's in the box? You know, and, and he'd say, well, it's um, wood shavings. And he said, wood shavings? He says, yeah. He says, you know, the, we sweep up at the end of the day, and I gather up the wood shavings, and I stick them in the box, and I take them home, um, because then at night, I, I, can, I throw them in the, I throw them in the, in the fire, and, um, and it helps warm the house. Um, and so, you know, he, he says, well, open the box. He opens the box. Sure enough, there's wood shavings in there, and he, he lets them go. And this kept happening day in and day out. He would bring the wheelbarrow along and he'd, you know, have his box and the security guard every day would say, what's in the box? He'd say the same thing every day. He'd say, yeah, there's wood shavings. And every day he would say, well, open the box and let me take a look. So he'd open the box and sure enough, there's wood shavings in the box. And, and then, uh, you know, time went by. And uh, there was one day when he was uh, pushing the wheelbarrow through and he's got a little box in there. And, uh, and the, the security guard just said, he goes, you know, I, he goes, I, I, I know I bother you every day, but I just get this sneaky suspicion that you're up to something. And so he said, so let me, what's in the box? He says, well, it's the wood shavings. He says, and so that day the, the security guard reaches down and he, he opens up the box and he dumps it out in the wheelbarrow and looks in it and he goes, yeah, sure. And he goes, but I've got my eye on you, right? A couple months go by later. Same thing happens over and over and over again. And then about a year later, they discovered that, you know, that man, he wasn't stealing anything except wheelbarrows. <laughs> you see, oftentimes, oftentimes we get fixated on the little pieces that, that, that are right in front of us that draw our attention. Sometimes we, we get fixated on the, the little pieces, and I know it's easy for, for us here, you know, on church staff and everything, we get fixated, we, we get so into like all of the programs and the things that we're doing every day, and, and all that it takes to like have a service on Sunday mornings, we get, we get, you know, into the details and stuff like that, and I'm thankful that we do, but we can't do that and then neglect the big picture. And that's why this year, we've decided to start the year taking a look at our mission and our vision because those are the big ticket items, right? Those are the most important things. Those are the the things that help life make sense when everything around you seems like it's falling apart. It's our mission, it's our vision that keeps us moving in the face of opposition in the face of a world gone crazy in the face of a world that doesn't want to hear it. It's our mission and our vision that keep us moving forwards towards the goal that God has for us. And that's why we're going through this. So we've been focusing on that. And so we just want to start off, um, this will be our last week in the series, so I want to start off and see how, at least those of you who've been with us the last several weeks, how you've been doing learning, again, what our mission, our vision is. And so we're going to say this together. I think the first slide that says, uh, the mission of Newberry Park First Christian Church is to, and read this with me, help people find and follow Jesus. 
We try to make it as simple as we can. Now, we, we say all the time, this isn't our idea. This came to us um, from Jesus himself when in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, he gave us a great commission where he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? And he says, and he says make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And then he gives us his promise, he will be with us to the very end of the age. And so we kind of narrowed that down and said that, that really just sounds like helping people find and follow Jesus. So if you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, man, we are so glad you're here um, because we want to help you find Jesus and understand who he truly is. And we want you to make him savior. And, and then for those of you who have known Jesus for a long time, maybe, maybe you've known Jesus, maybe you've known about Jesus for a long time, uh, maybe you've been walking with him for a long time, we, we want to come alongside and, and help one another follow him because we know that sometimes we all get stuck, right? Sometimes we, we're following Jesus and then we, we just kind of get into a routine, we get into a kind of a rut, we get into a place where we just get stuck in our faith and, and I just don't believe at all that, that we're supposed to get stuck. In fact, comfort and, um, comfort and complacency are like my biggest enemies. And, and, you know, I, I've set out my entire life to make sure that, you know, as I read the Bible, to me, it's one of the greatest adventure stories ever written. And, and so I believe that this walk, this following Jesus, should be the greatest adventure we could ever have. And so we want you to learn to live in that kind of life with Jesus. And so how do we accomplish this mission of helping people find and follow Jesus? We have three strategies here that everything that we do kind of goes through this lens. And it's the three E's that we've been talking about. That's why if it says, you know, E3, it's these three uh, E statements. It's number one, read these with me, encounter God, experience community, and extend compassion. We, we don't want people to just know about God or have an idea that there's a God out there somewhere. Right? Most people have a sense of that. What, what we really want is we want people to encounter God, to, to have a real relationship with him, one that is vibrant, one that is growing, one that is exciting. It, it's, it's not a, you know, wrote, do these couple things or check off the boxes and make sure you've done it right so that he doesn't send lightning bolts down to get you, right? We, we want a faith where you're interacting with God on a moment-by-moment, day-by-day basis where life does become an adventure because you're encountering him daily. And we don't want people to just live in a community. We want people to experience community. And that's, that's two bi- different things. You, you, can, you can get lost in a crowd, right? Uh, you can live in a community and... and, and not see people, not know people, not be known by people. You, you, can, you can live in a, in a town like Newberry Park and, and not have any friends, you know? I mean, the, we, we have walls between our houses and we have you know, garages that we pull into and it's really easy to isolate ourselves. But that's not what we were designed for and what we discovered a couple weeks ago is that we were designed for community. We were designed to live in relationship with God and with one another. And so we want people to experience the belonging, the caring, doing life together the way that God intended us to live. And then what we're gonna camp on today is we want people to extend compassion. Not just to think compassionately, but to be a conduit of God's grace, his love, his forgiveness, his peace. And and, and to be the hands and the feet of Jesus when we follow Jesus, we will do the things that Jesus did, and we will bring the kingdom of heaven into plain sight for people to see. That's what we're talking about when we talk about extending compassion. You know, and, and so we're going to dive into that and unpack this extend compassion idea this morning. So, so the first thing, let's just, just pull the whole phrase apart, the two little words, extend and compassion. The first word, extend. Like, what does that mean? Um, you know, I, I have lots of things in my garage that extend, right? I, I've, got, I've got an extension ladder, right? So you, you pull the rope and it, it goes up. I have lots of extension cords. They're usually piled up in knots somewhere. I, I've got, you know, I've got um, 
uh, an extension pole, you know, with a little saw in it so I can trim the trees and do all those kinds of things. I got little extensions for all of the uh, ratchets in my toolbox so that I can kind of, you know, extend them out and get somewhere further. I can reach in there and I got all kinds of little sizes so you put them all together and so you can get the right reach there. And, and you and I are to help extend. I mean, all those things, extend means to help make it possible to reach further. That, that's the whole idea, to, to, to help extend the reach. And you and I are here to help extend the reach of God into our world, to be his hands, his feet, his voice, his presence through the Holy Spirit that's living in us when, when we're there People should sense God's presence and, and, and to the lost, to the brokenhearted, to the people who are forgotten, to our world that needs Jesus. Like Devin said, you, you only have to watch a couple seconds of news and you realize our world desperately needs Jesus. And we need to not just have kind of a you know, fake compassion that says, oh, you know, we're sorry for all this or whatever. We, we need to extend God's compassion See, there's a big difference in that. I mean, we oftentimes try to just be nice to people, which is great, I'm not, I'm not knocking that. But, but the, the question is, are, are, are you just trying to console people or whatever in your own strength, or, or are you extending the love, the grace, the peace, and the compassion of Jesus to other people? Because that's what we're talking about this morning. The power's not ours. You know, like an extension cord, you know, an extension cord is absolutely no good if it's not plugged into the power source, right? I come up with all kinds of creative things to do with an extension cord, right? I mean, I, mean, I, I, have, I have an extension cord right now holding down a tarp over a table in my backyard, <laughs> right? But if it sits there long enough in the sun and the rain and everything else, it's just gonna go bad out there because it's not getting used for the purpose it was created for. But the extension cord, it, it, it's really no good unless I, again, go over and I plug it into a power source. Then it can take the power, you know, from the side of the house to anywhere in the backyard I want it to go. Right? And, and, and that's the whole idea. We, we need to be plugged into the power source of Jesus Christ and then extend that out to the places in the world that it needs to go. We simply carry his power with us. We're, we're the conduits of his grace. And, and we're supposed to extend. But, but like what we're talking about this morning, what is it that we're supposed to expand, extend? Well, we extend here at Newberry Park First Christian Church, we, we try really hard to extend compassion. And again, it's not just our compassion, it's God's compassion. In, in Psalms 116 verse 5, it says this, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. How many of you have experienced that, God's compassion in your life? Yeah, he is full of compassion. The book of Lamentations, when's the last time you read that? Right? Lamentations 3.22 says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Can I get an amen? For his compassions never fail. At Matthew 9.36 uh, says this, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You know, I kept meditating on that verse this week. Because as you watch the news, as you do look at what's going on in the world, I was just trying to look through Jesus' eyes and see that, you know, it, it's really easy to, to point fingers at different things and, and, and to have your views on, on how things have happened. But I started to just look and say, man, we, people are, are harassed and helpless. They're, they're like sheep without a shepherd. And, and sheep without a shepherd, they, they just wander around aimlessly and they, they, they don't know what to do. And I, I think that describes our world in so many ways. And so many people who are just aimlessly wandering around and they're grabbing at anything that they can find to fill the gaps in their lives. And Jesus, Jesus knows our pain, our struggle. And he comes and he brings hope. And that's what we're supposed to do. This word compassion 
in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, is a very interesting word. Um, it's in, in the Greek language, which the, the Bible, um, the New Testament is written in, um, uses this one word for the word compassion. And I'm going to butcher it, but, but you'll understand why when I say it. It's, um, it's um, splanchinozema. Yeah, yeah, splanchimozema, right? And you're like, wow, that's a mouthful. It is. It's, you know, I had to like work at that like several times just to get it right. But what it really means, it starts out with this word splan, right? It, it actually means like your spleen. It means you feel it in your spleen. Like in other words, there's this deep, Something, this pain, this something inside that you are feeling for other people. That's what the rest of that word means. (laughs) You know, it's like you're feeling this in your gut about other people. I mean, last night when I got a phone call that one of our dear brother Brent passed away, I like, I like felt that inside. And that's what this word is all about. It, it doesn't mean that you're just like, oh, that's, you know, sorry for you. It's like, no, you feel it. In, in the Latin, the word compassion means to suffer with or to suffer alongside. It's the understanding that we see the pain and the hurts of other people and that we come alongside them and, and, and we, we don't just... Immediately, just we don't just fix it, which, again, there's, there's nothing wrong to coming to the aid and to trying to fix things, but it's that we actually feel it with them, that, that, that we recognize and we feel that we internalize the, the pain and the suffering. And I got to say that this is an area that I, I constantly have to work on because I'm a, like I said all the time, I'm a fix-it person. You know, my, my garage is full of every tool that Home Depot has for a reason, I just, I fix things, that's what I do. You know, I, I, I was raised by the, a chief fixer. You know, my dad just, we fixed everything. And, and it's hard for me sometimes to not want to rush to fix things. Because I see a problem, I go, oh, well that needs to be different, let's just fix it. But, but one of the things that we need to do to help people sometimes is to come alongside people and to truly feel the struggle and the pain that they're feeling, so that we know how to fix it well. Because relationship is more important than just fixing the problem. People are bigger than just the problem. And sometimes I think one of the things that we tend to do is we rush in and we just fix a problem and then we rush out and the people are left standing there. And they're, they, you know, they may have had something fixed but they're standing there still in somewhat the same circumstances. And so we need to bring something more to the table than just fixing a problem. We, we need to bring an encounter with God. We need to bring community. We need to bring love and grace and healing with us. But we need to feel. I mean, so think about this. How have you experienced God's compassion? I want you to just like really think about this this morning. Like, how have you experienced God being compassionate to you. I mean, have, have, you, have you really come to grips with the fact that you've been forgiven? I, I, that verse in Lamentations is powerful. Because of the Lord's great love for us, we are not consumed. I, I, I mean, if it was not for God's compassion for you and me, he, he, he could just like, yeah, I'm done with you. I've always said, you know, he could just shut off the oxygen for a couple minutes. I mean, if it wasn't for his compassion, we, we would not exist. Have you, have you felt God's forgiveness? Has God been patient with you? Can somebody say amen? Man, that, that is God's compassion at work when, when God is just patient with us. Has God provided for you? Has anybody in the room had God provide for them in any way, shape, or form? Yeah. Then those are God's, that's God's compassion for you. And then, let's just be honest, we say this all the time. I mean, living here where we live, man, we have experienced not just God's compassion, but God's incredible blessing. 
And with that comes this incredible responsibility to say, hey, all that God has blessed us with, all of his compassions that have been poured out, lavished on me, all of this great blessing that I live in, then my job is to be a conduit and an extension and to take that stuff and to take it to the rest of the world and bring hope. That, that's what we're here for. And that's what we want to be about as a church is to, to not just you know, fix problems here and there. We, we want to bring hope to a dying world. And, and I know it's easy sometimes to, uh, it's easy sometimes to go, yeah, but the world's such a mess. What, what kind of difference can we make? And I would just say, you would be absolutely surprised. You would be absolutely surprised. I want you to know as a church that you guys are making a difference. You're making a difference in our community. You're making a difference around the world. There's so many ways that you are making a difference. And one of the things that, that I want to help all of us understand is that, that it, sometimes it's easy to, to, to give and to support and to say yes to things that we do as a church all around. But we need to understand and we need to feel the things that are happening with people around us and around our world, even in our own neighborhood. And so we'll uh, dive into that again in just a minute. So, so ask yourself, how are all the ways that God has been compassionate to me? How is his grace and his love and his mercy and his provision and all these things, how has it been poured out on me? And then how can you then be a conduit to extend everything God has poured into your life and how can you extend that out and help give that to others? Because we're not, we're not called to just sit here and be holders of what God has given to us. We're supposed to be conduits of his love and his grace. So, so let's, let's take a look this morning at how Jesus demonstrated compassion and learn how we can expend, extend his compassion to others. So how do we extend compassion? Look in Matthew chapter 20, verses, starting in verse 29. It's a... a Day in the life of Jesus, which is pretty amazing, all the things that he did. I mean, what an incredible adventure it must have been to follow Jesus around and watch what he did. Matthew chapter 20, starting in verse 29, says, As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him, as was usually the case. Two blind men, I want you to just kind of like get this imagery. Jesus is walking from one town to another, and as he approaches this other town, it says, Two blind men were sitting by the roadside. Okay, now just like let, let some imagery get in your head. Like there's, Jesus is walking by, there's crowds of people around him, and they're walking down this dusty road from one town to another, and there's two blind men who, who are sitting on the side of the road. And, and then they, and, and then it says this, that when they heard right, because they couldn't see that Jesus was coming, when they heard the crowd and all the other stuff, when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And what did the crowd do? The crowd, verse 31, rebuked them. And so picture that. So these blind guys are sitting on the side of the road, Jesus is walking by, and they start calling out, right? Jesus, like, hey, Lord, son of David, like, hey, have some mercy, have mercy on us. And it, it says that the crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. Obviously, they did not know how to extend compassion, right? They did not go to Newberry Park First Christian Church. <laughs> so, and, they, and so they rebuked them, told them to be quiet, but... They shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And then you gotta love Jesus. Jesus stopped. And, and, and that's, that's super important. Jesus was a busy guy. We'll, we'll, we'll look at that a little deeper as we get into this, but Jesus stopped and he called them. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. And then it says, Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had, say it with me, compassion on them and touched their eyes and immediately they received their sight and followed him. So the first thing we need to do when we're going to learn to extend compassion is number one, we need to recognize the need. Recognize the need. That's a blank for those of you note takers who want to get all the blanks filled in. 
recognize the need. Large crowd of people, they heard, you know, these blind men heard the crowd coming, they heard all the commotion, you know, and, and so they, they cry out. They, they cry out. Um, and, and it's crazy, because the crowd of people that's following Jesus, they, they heard the blind men, they saw these blind men, and, and then they just saw them and thought they were a nuisance, they were a bother, they're getting in the way, and they just said, hey, you know what? These guys are a nuisance. So they told them, just be quiet over there. Just be quiet. But in verse 32, it's so important for us to realize this. Jesus stops and he recognizes them. And then he asks them, what do you want me to do for you? Again, Jesus asks these very obvious questions. I, I mean, if if you, could, if you were the God of the universe and you could do anything, right? I mean, and then there's a blind guy standing there. I mean, it's pretty obvious what that guy wants. You know, what, what, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asks. In fact, so, so Jesus takes nothing for granted. He, he wants to dive in and have conversation with these guys. Jesus could have just fixed it and walked away. But he, he stops and he engages he doesn't assume. We assume a lot. I assume a lot. I mean, when, when, when we see homeless people, and, and you know, I've talked to people a lot, and you know, I, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, homelessness in our, in our community, homelessness in our country, in our area, especially in our city, if you drive into LA at all, I mean, homelessness is a huge, huge deal. And, and we assume a lot. We assume a lot about the people that we see. We assume a lot about the people with the, with the sign, right? I mean, when you even just get that imagery in your mind, you assume a lot about the person, right? The first thing that you assume is you just, the minute you see cardboard of any kind, you don't even have to read it. You just assume they want my money, right? That's just, that's just the assumption that we make. We, we, we don't think much deeper than that. We don't think very much further in the situation, we just, we just make a lot of assumptions. I love this about Jesus, that he doesn't assume anything. He doesn't go, oh, blind guy, needs sight. Okay, boom, you know. He could have just said sight and it could have happened and he could have just kept going. But instead, he stops. He recognizes them. And he asks them the question, what is it that you want from me? What can I do for you? It's so easy to look the other way. I mean, we, we get pretty good at avoidance and looking the other way. You know, there's, it happened to me the other day. I was, I was driving to a meeting with some other pastors. You know, here I am. I'm, I'm going to a meeting with pastors. And I'm driving down in the valley, and I, I pull off at one of the, one of the uh, exits, and there's a, there's, it's lined up with, with different kinds of homeless people. They've all got different signs and things like that. And I see they're all on this one side of the road. So my, my first temptation is, well, I'm going to get into the other lane so I don't have to be too close. Right? I mean, that's, that's like, that goes through, you know, I'm human like everybody else, right? And I'm like, oh my goodness, like I, I'm in a hurry, kind of late to the meeting, got to get going. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to engage. It's like... You know, and so we, we sometimes even position ourselves away from need. And, and, and oftentimes because we don't know what to do, we're not prepared, all those kinds of things, and we'll talk about how we remedy that in just a minute. But, but Jesus doesn't do any of that. He, he engages, the way Jesus acts is that he sees them, he sees their pain, he sees their suffering, and, and he, he feels it. Now, one thing that we have to realize is this, because, you know, as I was realizing this, I was preparing for this, of course, and it hit me pretty hard because I was thinking, you know, like, I'm in a hurry. And then I, I started realizing that in this passage of Scripture, in Matthew chapter 20, do you, do you know where Jesus is and do you know where he's going? J Jesus' whole ministry just took a major turn right as this is about to happen. And he turns and he heads to Jerusalem and he's heading towards the cross. When this happens, Jesus is on his way to the cross. Do you think that maybe Jesus had important things going on? 
Do, do you think that maybe Jesus was preoccupied in his mind about what's gonna happen when he gets to Jerusalem? Do you think that maybe Jesus is a little concerned, upset, like, like feeling like, oh my goodness, I'm about to go die on a cross? And in the midst of all of that, he stops. He stops and he cares for these two guys on the side of the road. Jesus was amazing at recognizing needs and he asks you and I to do the same thing, to see what's happening around us. And I have to admit, I get so busy. I, I, my calendar gets so full sometimes that I'm rushing from one thing to the other and oftentimes I just don't see the things around me. And I have to constantly remind myself, if I'm gonna follow Jesus, then I need to be somebody who sees the needs and things that are around me. And so the first thing we have to do is recognize the need. I, I did a little bit of research. I found um, 72 direct teachings in scripture that talk to us about um, our responsibility to care for the poor. Um, the poor are all around us. And Jesus even says, the poor you will always have with you. I, I think that's interesting. Jesus says, hey, the poor will always be with you. Why? If, if I read that correctly, it's like no matter what we do, like even if, even if we all jumped in and extended compassion really well, I mean, we're not gonna fix the problem. We're always gonna have them with us. I'm like, okay, wait a minute, what is that all about? And I started to think about that and I thought, well maybe, maybe, just maybe, it's God's way of making sure that we don't ever get to the point where we think, oh, we fixed the problem. That maybe, no matter what else we do, we will, there will always be places that need us to extend compassion. Not just fix a problem, but extend compassion to people. As we, we talk about, and I say it all the time, we sit here at the end of the rainbow, 15% of Americans live under the poverty level. According to the CIA and the World Health Organization, 155,000 people die every day around the world. That's almost two people every second. Every 10 seconds, one of those is a child who dies from hunger-related illnesses. And according to research done by BBC and the World Vision, um, it's, it's astronomical. 5,000 children die every day because of unsafe drinking water. And yet, here in America, we spend $134 billion every year on fast food. The needs are plentiful out there. We just have to open our eyes. We just have to see. Don't assume anything. Seek it out. Ask. Look. Jesus did. So we need to recognize the need. The next thing we need to do is we need to reach out. Um, it, it says in verse 33 and 34, it says, Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Uh, Jesus had compassion on them, and he touched their eyes. And immediately they received their sight and followed him. That, that little passage, he touched their eyes. Just, I, I just was drawn to that this week. Because Jesus, it, it tells us in scripture, I mean, he, he was there in creation. He, he helped speak all of this into existence. He could have said sight and they could have had sight. He could have snapped his finger. He could have done anything else. Why was it that he reached out and touched their eyes? because there's something about touch, right? There's something about relationship when you reach out and that you touch someone. And he met their immediate need first. In James chapter two, verses 15 to 17, it says this, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to them, go, I wish you well, keep warm and keep fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? We need to help meet their physical needs. With so much need in the world, trying to figure out what to do and where, where to extend compassion is kind of a daunting thing. We, one thing that I've discovered is that we have to be, I need to be intentional. And, and I want to give you three kind of subpoints really quickly on what, what it looks like to kind of be prepared um, and, and, and to be intentional 
about thinking about extending compassion. The first is this. The first point is this. Discover one thing that God tugs your heart at. Discover one thing that you feel it in your spleen, right? Like, what, what's something that you're just like, oh, that really, that really like, gets me. It, it, it could be a lot of things. It could be, could be the fact that there's a, over 1,000 children in Ventura County in the foster care system that need somewhere to live. And, and a lot of us have spaces for that. And we have hundreds of, of children and teens in the foster program and, and, and think about how we might help these kids who are, are frightened and alone and how we can show compassion to them. It, maybe, maybe the thing that just kind of gets you in the gut is, is feeding the hungry, feeding the homeless. If so, you know, you can get plugged into five loaves. You can do all kinds of other things. We have people that prepare meals for different ministries that we partner with around the community that you can serve a meal at Ventura County Rescue Mission. There's so many things that you can do. Maybe, maybe it's collecting shoes. I heard a great story about a young girl down in Orange County whose dad was in a run club. And um, it, it, I, I've learned some things about running, doing our run for God thing. And one is that your shoes are really important, but those shoes are really expensive. And then you can only run for so long in them, right? I mean, that, that goes way against my like, brain because my brain says until they're falling apart, you just lace up and use them, right? But then I start realizing, oh, if I do that, and, you know, and then my knees are killing me, and I'm like, okay. And I wasn't a believer until I started to do this more. But so you can only put so many miles on them, right? But I'm like, oh, but they're perfectly good. And this girl started to notice that, and so she had the, all the people from the run club just start bringing their used shoes, right, when they got a new pair to run in, bring the used shoes, and, then, and she collected them. And she was collecting thousands and thousands of shoes, and she was taking them down to Mexico, and giving them away. These shoes that are in perfectly good shape, right, and giving these shoes to, to other people. And I've experienced firsthand places down there where the children are running around with no shoes on. And so maybe, maybe that's, you know, whatever it is, maybe, maybe it's caring for the elderly. Maybe, maybe that tugs at your heartstrings. I mean, oftentimes in our community, the elderly are some of the most neglected groups in, in our culture. And God might be calling you to just build a friendship with someone who's a senior and, and visit them on a regular basis, check, on and check in with them and love on them. So the first thing is find the thing that just tugs at your heart. The second thing is be prepared. Be prepared to, to extend compassion. Here's, here's how you can do that. One, um, purchase, purchase a few gift cards and, and keep them like in your car or something, right? I, I'm one of those people that, says, that, that, that believes, hey, you know, uh, don't, don't just give people lots of cash or whatever. You know, there's times and places for different things, but, but I, I usually keep some gift cards around, whether it's for gas, McDonald's, grocery stores, things like that. And, 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 and they're there and they're available. And here's what's amazing. If you get those, you, you will see the need more readily. And so, you know, be prepared by doing that. Keep those in your car. Just having them makes you more aware. Then the next thing is um, maybe, like, I usually have in the car, we, we've done this several times, like bags, like a Ziploc bag with just, like, some toiletry things, socks. It's amazing. Um, the homeless community, the people, they, the socks are one thing they always want and always need. So I always keep, like, a little Ziploc bags in there, and it's something that you can just grab and give to somebody you know, and, and, and help. But, but even more than that is, do you have time to stop and have a conversation? I mean, invite people to church. I mean, another way to be prepared um, in, in some of the ways we extend community or, or extend um, compassion around here is um, get or renew your passport and be ready to go. There's a lot of stuff happening. Um, and ways that you can go. We, we do lots of trips uh, to the orphanage in Mexico to go do house building in Mexico. Um, we've got, I mean, Barry and I are going to head to Cambodia in, in March. And uh, we'll be, you'll be hearing lots more about that as we kind of help pastors in Cambodia reach the people there. So be prepared. Think of ways that you could be prepared. And thirdly, learn to steward, steward your own financial resources. You know, living, living here and being as blessed as we are, opportunities will arise all the time, and we need 
to be responsible. We need to be good stewards. We need to be prepared to help where we can. And, and maybe, maybe it means just cutting back on something. Maybe it's, you know, uh, making your own coffee. You know, I, I know it's a chore. But maybe, you know, and saving, saving money. Um, maybe it's eating out less so you can do more with what you have and put money aside for, for purposes. Put, put money aside that just says, hey, I, I'm gonna have this there so that when a need arises. I mean, do you know how exciting it is to have, have some funds like set aside so that you're ready and then when a need pops up, you can actually do something? I mean, that, that's, and I know some of you right now are saying like, Okay, Ken, wait, you're, you're talking like at a whole different level, like I can, I can barely pay the bills. Um, that's why we have this thing called financial peace, and we can, we can help you out with that too, um, to, to help get you to that place. But man, it is, it is a joy knowing that, hey, you can do some things because you have, you're prepared for it. I mean, when we, when we all pull together as a church, we can do so much more even. And one of the reasons we tell you to get in a life group is because in a life group, you can think about and talk about these things together. You can serve together. And, and again, we're, we're, we say this till I'm blue in my face, right? It's like, if you are not in a life group, you are missing out. And, and get out there and sign up and get, get plugged in. Because it's in life groups oftentimes that we serve, that we, that we extend compassion together. And I'm super excited about what our church has done in the last year. Uh, um, if I read our budget right, that, then we gave over $237,000 to needs, whether it be missions or benevolence or things around, uh, in our community and around the world last year. That's huge. Yeah, you can, you can clap for that. I mean, we helped open a medical center, the Arlington Medical Center in Liberia. Yeah, you can... Last year, we built another home in Mexico. This year, we're planning on building at least two, right? It, it, that's why you gotta get your passport. If you've never been, you gotta go try that out. You know, we, we help, when you watch the news and you see the things on Ukraine, um, we as a church family, and see, these are things that maybe you don't even know and we need to maybe do better just helping you know these things, is, is we helped House Edelweiss over in Austria care for hundreds of Ukrainian refugees. Um, you know, during what's going on over in that part of the world. Five Loaves gave away close to $2 million worth of food last year. I mean, that's huge. And there's a lot of other opportunities that are coming up, but here's the thing, is we don't want you to just say, like, all right, we fixed that. Okay, we're, we did that. We, we want to feel that. We want, we want to feel the need that's around us. And, and, and we want to recognize that God wants to use us to extend his love and compassion to a world that is a mess. And, and, and we bring hope and healing and community and relationship to a, to a messed up world. I mean, there's, there's some opportunities that are coming up here for us to do this together. One of my favorite days of the year, one of my favorite Sundays is... Um, is Serve Day, and it's coming up on March 26th. Um, we're gonna talk about that um, in, in just a couple minutes, um, and um, we'll, we'll be practicing what I'm preaching right now as a church family. Um, if you haven't been here before for Serve Day, if you're new to us, we take one Sunday out, out of the year, and uh, instead of coming and hearing a sermon, we go out, and you guys are the sermon for the day, and we go out last year, I think we did like 70 projects all over our community. And, and we go out, and, and other pastors, I'll, I'll be honest, there's other pastors who, who've told me like, like you, like, you do it on Sunday? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, that's crazy. Right? That, like, why do you give up like the Sunday morning? Why don't you do it on Saturday? You do whatever. And I say, it's really because we have to practice what I preach. It's really because like, we need to do that so that we are living out what we're talking about. And, and so um, that's coming up in just a few minutes. And, and man, Serve Day makes such a huge difference. And, and it, it changes things. It changes people's lives. And, and if, you, if you aren't sure about that, um, I want you to hear 
a story about somebody who had lots of people who were talking to him about being here at church and then who got involved on serve day and it kind of changed things. So um, take a look at the screen. Hi, my name is Frank Garza. I've been attending this church since 2015, and I enjoy coming here. I've learned a lot from Pastor Ken, you know, and then I've come to Five Lows and help. And really, ever since I came here in 2015, I really don't want to live. I've, I've, you know, I've met a lot of people here, and I, I'm going to tell you all, these people are so nice here. You know, I didn't go to church for a long time because I grew up a Catholic. And then later on in the years, I, I heard things and seen things that I didn't like. So I figured, hey, if all the churches are like this one, I don't want to go. I don't know if everybody knows Steve and Lori Hollis. They are a lot of my influence. My daughter, Elle and Rob, they had a lot to do with me coming here too. And the first time I met Pastor Ken was we were having Earth Day and cleaning some yards and all that. And I came over because Stephen and uh, uh, Lori were my neighbors. They kept insisting, you got to go to church. You got to go to church. So, so I said to myself, what is people doing? You know, they're cleaning. And I asked Steve, he said, well, I said, well, dude, are, you, are you getting paid? And he said, no, we're just serving. We're just you know, helping the, the, the people that, that live here. I was really impressed to see a lot of people there just volunteering, cleaning and doing different things. So I just jumped right in there. I said, hey, I, if they can do it, I can do it. I'm going to do it. Well, the next week I came to church, you know, uh, actually I told my wife about it and we both came. And I remember that uh, something that you had said and uh, towards the end in the prayer or something, Something came over me, and I just started crying. You know, and I was, the next Sunday on Easter was when I came, and I think I got baptized at the time. I wanted to be baptized. That was like right away, you know. And my wife said, "Are you sure?" "Yes, I'm sure," you know. And I did. I got baptized. My son, my son-in-law Rob, was up there with us, and my grandson Isaiah. I remember what Lori told me after afterwards. She said it was just, when you came out. She said it was like a big reflection over your head. You know, I said really. She said yeah. You know. So then I I cried again. <laughs> I'm very emotional. Yeah, I always been very emotional. Well, extending compassion means to me that you know you have to really care me really it has to come out of my heart and which it does I'd like to pass it on I was telling uh, one person I said you know what do you do I said we clean my wife and I we clean we clean the auditorium we clean uh, the little steps the offices we clean them I help at five loaves Fridays and Saturdays you know and I really enjoy it because I see people that really need you know groceries, food, and I take it to them, you know, and uh, a lot of people want, oh, well, can you bring me some flowers? And I said, well, yeah, I'll bring you some flowers, you know, and when I bring the card over, that's impacted in me, you know, and I ask Kat, I said, I'll call her sometimes, I said, do you think you need me? I always need you, she says, and, and I'm here. I come here early in the morning on Friday, and I bring my chair. I sit out in the front, rain or no rain or cold, whatever, I sit out there. Like I said, you know, I enjoy it, and it just makes me feel six foot tall. That's what it makes me feel like. I'm five two. I don't mind, you know, doing things. You know, if you would ask me to do something, I would be more than glad to do it because it's, it's just a lot of fun for me. I, I, I enjoy it. I really do. You know, if I didn't, I, I probably wouldn't be here because I come all the time. You know, I, I learn more and I want to do more. If I can do more, I want to do more. You know, I've never done anything like this. Just work with horses, you know. This is the place to come.
<laughs> we love you, Frank. Well, like I said, I could probably talk about this stuff for hours, and it really is at my heart to see us as a church extend compassion. But I want to give you some practical things that you can do. Um, one is to join us for Serve Day. And if you've got this little paper, um, pull this out right now. It's the one that looks kind of like this on the one side and that on the other. Because I want to walk you through something because, I, again, we, we could come up with lots of stuff around our community for us to do, right? We could come up with projects that we could just go, things that we could just go fix. But, but more importantly than just go fix a few things, we, we really want to help you experience extending compassion to the people around you that you run into every day, or maybe the situations that you walk past every day. And so, if you look on this side, I wanna walk you through a simple kind of step. There's seven quick steps to helping us extend compassion on serve day, right? The first is this. I wanna invite you over the next month Right? We've got some time before serve day happens on March 26. But I want, I want to invite you to walk through your neighborhood. Doesn't sound too hard yet, right? Uh, walk around our community, the places that you normally walk, the places that you normally frequent. Maybe it's even while your kids are at the park playing a sport. Walk around and look. I want you to walk and pray. Walk and pray. Ask the Lord to give you eyes to see the needs around you you in our community. It, it, it could be all kinds of stuff. It, it might be somebody who, you know, maybe they need help at their house. Maybe it's a place in our community, at a park, a school, or wherever, and, and it's just somewhere that they need help. And, and if you walk and you pray, I be, I'm believing that God is going to help you, like Jesus, recognize the need. And so just the first thing is all you gotta do is walk and pray. So over the next week, maybe you know, take a walk once or twice during the week, in, especially intent on just praying and saying, Lord, show me. Show me, Lord, some needs. The next thing is identify a need. As the Lord puts a potential need on your heart, pray specifically uh, for that need and that the Lord would open an opportunity to meet that need. So just then say, okay, you know, as your heart gets tugged, as you see something, maybe you say, okay, Lord, hey, show me how, like, Lord, open a door so that we can meet this need. The next thing is connect, right? And this is, again, this is where this is, the relational part is so important. Connect, talk with someone connected to the need. It could be a homeowner, um, so, you know, somebody at a school, somebody at the park department, somebody in the community. It, 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 talk to someone and ask them if they would like help with meeting the need, right? Again, don't assume, go and ask somebody, hey, could, could you use some help? What could we do for you, right? That was what Jesus said, hey, what do you want me to do for you, right? Don't, don't just see something and assume, just go and ask. And, and, and don't feel bad if somebody says no, some people aren't ready to receive help and that's okay, but be sure to check back with them later and invite them to join us. The fourth thing is this, request. Fill out a serve day project request on our website. That, that little QR code that's there, it's on both sides of this thing. All you have to do, if you wanna just volunteer to help us on serve day, or if you have a project in mind that you want us to do, just zap that little QR code or go to our website and go to the serve day page and you can sign up. It'll say there's two spots. You can uh, sign up to volunteer and you can sign up to request a project. If you find, if God puts it on your heart, you find a project, you talk to somebody, go to that page and just fill it out. Fill a thing out there and then we'll have a whole team of people that will, someone will contact you, we'll go, we'll help you, we'll help you extend compassion to get that project taken care of. So the next part is plan. We'll work with our serve day team to develop a plan to meet the need and we will provide a team and whatever resources we can to help you meet that need. The next is serve. Join us on serve day, March 26. We'll meet here on that Sunday at 9 a.m. Okay, so a little bit earlier, we'll meet here. We'll, we'll just celebrate real quick together. We'll sing a couple of songs. We'll, um, we'll, we'll talk about what we're gonna do and then we'll divide into groups and we will head out and for several hours we'll go out and serve our community. Um, and then lastly is celebrate. 
Um, invite folks who we serve to join us for a barbecue back here at church where they can connect with our church family and will be, and be invited to join us for services as well. And so, um, Frank, does it work? Yeah, and, and so here, here's the thing, is, is that you, you never know how this will impact people. Because we, we wanna not just recognize a need, we, we want to extend God's compassion. Again, not just fix a problem, but extend compassion. And I remember meeting Frank out on the street and, and him going, what are these people doing? And two weeks later, he's in the baptistry. Does it work? It works. Not always in the way, it not, not just fixing a situation, but building a relationship and watching God change a life. That is what's so important. So the last part is this, share Jesus. As, as we go out, again, it's not about fixing an issue, it's about sharing Jesus, getting people into the presence of Jesus. I mean, did, did you notice in Matthew chapter 20 when we read that passage, what the blind men did after they received their sight? They just run away. They follow Jesus. Meeting needs of others is a way that we extend compassion, and it's a great, the greatest way to invite people into following Jesus. I mean, today, philanthropy, community service, all these things are, you know, people talk about, oh, these are great things for us to do. But we're, much, we're, we're, much, we're more than, we're <laughs> about much more than that. We're about extending God's love and grace to people. As I mentioned before, 155,000 people will step from this life into eternity today. I, I mean, what that, what that means is this. Let, let's say on a conservative note that 50% of those people had a relationship with God already. If that's true, then 4,500 people entered eternity without knowing Christ while we were in this service. 10,000 people in the time it will take to watch a football game this afternoon. We all have family members, friends, coworkers, classmates, neighbors, people around us, people we come into contact with every single day that are desperate for the, the love that Jesus has to offer. If Jesus looked at them today, he would look with eyes of compassion. And he would be passionate about seeing them, seeing their need, and helping them encounter God. Folks, we, we are the church. We are God's plan A to bring hope to this world. And the only reason we are here, the only reason that we are breathed, the only reason we exist is because of the relentless, compassionate love that God has for us. And we are called to extend that compassion to the world. Why? Well, John, 1 John 4, 9 says it's quite simply. We love because he first loved us. Matthew 20, verse 28 says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You may be here today and you may just need the compassion of Jesus in your life. Maybe you, you come this morning with a struggle, a pain, something in your life that's just broken and you just need prayer. And I, I wanna encourage you this morning, we're, we're here for you. And uh, as we take communion, as we sing, I wanna invite you, if that's you this morning, um, to, to head up front and we're gonna have some of our elders who are gonna come up here um, uh, with, with their spouses if they're with them uh, this morning and just be here to pray for you. If you wanna know more about what it means to follow Jesus, then, then come. Be because the most important thing is that before you can extend the compassion, you have to receive Jesus' compassion in your life. And if you need that today, we're here for you. And then ask the Lord to give you the eyes to see what we as a church could do to make the kingdom visible, tangible in our community. Because Jesus loved us first. See, when we were lost in our sin, Jesus saw us. He stretched out his arms, he touched us, he was crucified on a cross and died to meet our greatest need, forgiveness. 
We're going to sing a song in a minute that just says, as it is in your kingdom, let it be in your church. We want to be a church that extends the compassion of God to the world. And that's why every week we take communion is to remind us of the compassion that Jesus showed on us. To remember that Jesus went to a cross. So if you have your communion with you this morning, we're going to take this remembering Jesus' compassion and his love for us that caused him to go to the cross. So if you have that, let's take this bread together that represents Jesus' broken body with which he, he came and saved us. And then the cup, the, the juice that reminds us of Jesus' shed blood with which he forgave our sin. Let's take that together as well. And if you need prayer this morning, we want to see if you need Jesus this morning, come. And let's be a church that goes out and extends compassion to the world. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you. Thank you for your relentless pursuit of us. Your unfailing compassion. Your never-ending love. Father, thank you. Father, we just can't say thanks enough. And we pray that, Lord, we would take all that you have blessed us with, all that you have heaped out on us in your compassion and that God we would extend those gifts to others and help them find Jesus. We love you Lord and we praise you in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the NPFCC Messages podcast. If you'd like to support the work of our church, head to npfcc.org give to make a one-time or reoccurring gift. For more information about us, you can always check out our website at npfcc.org. Again, that's npfcc.org.